Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga. Paul Hoynes has the morning off, and so I'm going to be taking you through this recap of Thursday's big win for the Guardians, eight to four over the Oakland Athletics. The Guardians raised their record to 27 and 26 overall. It's the first time they've been over 500 since May 9th. So a, a month of uh, struggling to get back to that 500 mark and get over the hump. They finally do it. In comeback fashion, it was an exciting game that saw the the Athletics take the lead. The Guardians tied it on uh, two home runs, uh, back-to-back home runs in the fourth inning by Jose Ramirez and Josh Naylor. Uh, Ramirez, you know, just once again uh, proving that, you know, whenever the Guardians need a big hit and need a, a rally to start, it usually goes through Jose. Uh, got the got the team on the board with a solo home run leading off the fourth, his team high 15th of the season. He's four for 15 with a double, two home runs, four RBIs, and five walks uh, against Oakland this season. Uh, he also drew his fifth intentional walk of the season. Uh, it, we, we had mentioned uh, last week, uh, the week before, that it was kind of weird that with with the sort of youth and inexperience in Cleveland's lineup that Ramirez didn't have any intentional walks up until that point. And then uh, Kansas city sort of got the message and intentionally walked him in his first two at bats in a game uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, now he's up to five intentional walks uh, already this season after he, he was issued another one uh, in the game on Thursday night. Uh, that's tied with Toronto's Vlad Guerrero Jr. and uh, the Angels' Shohei Otani for the most in uh, the American League in in terms of intentional walks. Uh, Naylor came up after him, launched uh, a, a home run uh, two pitches later, and the it was the first time the Guardians hit back-to-back home runs uh, in a game since Owen Miller and Austin Hedges went back-to-back. Uh, July 31st of 2021 at Chicago against the White Sox. Uh, Naylor now has reached base in nine of his last 10 games, and he's got a 310 on base percentage uh, in those last 10 games. So Naylor 
uh, finding ways not just to 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 sort of hit the ball, but uh, to drive the ball and, and and get on base as well. Uh, but really, the the story of this ball game uh, was the the young outfielders for uh, Cleveland. All three of them actually contributing in big ways. Um, significantly, Oscar Gonzalez four for four with a double and an RBI. Uh, Gonzalez gets his first four hit game of his career. He's, he's only played in 13 games. It's hard to believe it. It seems like he's, he's, he's really got a feel for being out there Uh, in those 13 games. He has hits in 12 of them. He has multiple hits in seven of those games, Uh, seven multi-hit games in his first 13. Uh, That is one behind uh, Mark Lewis in terms of a franchise high Mark Lewis in 1991 had uh, eight games in 1991 where uh, he had hits in his first 13, uh, multiple hits in his first 13. So, uh, you know, just impressive the 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 run, the ability of Gonzalez to come up. He's only struck out six times, and and uh, he's he's walked once. He, but but Terry Francona said after uh, the game, you know, they told Gonzalez when he came up, hey, you know come up and, and and swing the bat. We're, we're not looking for you to walk. We're looking for you to, to try and put as many good swings on as many good pitches as you can hit. Uh, and, and so far Gonzalez has really taken that to heart. He, he swings free and easy. He looks really comfortable in the box teams. Teams really haven't made him look uncomfortable up there yet. Uh, but, but that's, you know, that's bound to change. We saw it happen with Steven Kwan uh, and, and Kwan's the other guy who uh, sort of, uh, was was in on the mix there, three for four with an RBI, uh, a walk, and a run. He was, uh, you know, the at the center of of all the controversy in this game uh, when he stole a base in the sixth inning and slid headfirst into second, uh, upending Elvis Andrus, who uh, sort of fell on top of him and and sort of laid there for a, a moment. And uh, Terry Francona felt that. Uh, Quan was impeded or interfered with. Uh, there was some obstruction there, but uh, home plate, or I'm, I'm sorry, second base umpire, uh, Jeremy Rehack, uh, didn't agree. Uh, he ruled that Quan uh, could not advance to third after the throw skipped into the outfield and uh, Andrus was laying on top of the uh, the base runner. Uh, you know, frankly, I, I don't think Quan probably would have made it to third base because Christian Pache was was charging on the play. He was there to field the ball and and probably would have thrown Quan out had he gotten up and run to third uh, without the obstruction. But uh, Francona argued and uh, the umpires all got together and they agreed with Jeremy Rehack's ruling. And uh, then then Tito pretty much went around the horn and and. Uh, gave his made his feelings clear to each of the four umpires, and uh, you know he had already been sort of uh, I don't want to say mistreated, but sort of dismissed earlier in the game by uh, crew chief Paul Emmel, who uh, on a on a ruling on a a, a double play uh, ball where Andres Jimenez was ruled to be uh, not uh, ruled out at first on a sort of a bang bang play. Uh, the Guardians challenged the call. It looked on replay like Jimenez was safe on the play, but the the call stood. Uh, so so Tito, in his post game remarks, said he he gave uh, gave the umpires there a piece of his mind, and then he's holding that uh, you know the same thing goes for the uh, the guy in New York as well. The umpire 
uh, back in Secaucus who was uh, uh, making the rulings on those those calls as well. So, uh, you know, 45th ejection in Tito's illustrious career, uh, kind of, uh, you know, they're, they're fewer and further between nowadays because of uh, replay and, and who you're going to argue with. But uh, Tito got his money's worth. He got out there, uh, sort of gave him the business, got tossed. And uh, but he, he didn't go very far uh, once the the Guardians were able to rally and, and come up as winners. Uh, you know, he was standing standing there up the tunnel a little bit uh, in the handshake line, uh, you know, giving his giving props to the to the young uh, Guardians for coming back. Uh, also, don't want to forget Richie Palacios uh, pinch hitting in that eighth inning and coming through with a two-run double. Uh, Ernie Clement getting the job done uh, in a bunt situation where he laid down a bunt, uh, actually got it down. I mean, you know, how many times in, in the last six, eight years have we seen uh, a Guardians uh, or, you know, a Cleveland hitter up at the plate, unable to get a bunt down in a situation that calls for it? Uh, Clement gets the bunt down, uh, you know, Close play at first, uh, Lou Trevino uh, throws the ball up the line. Uh, they, they rule it a base hit with an error on the throw, uh, allowing Clement to, to reach safely. The, the run scores uh, with Owen Miller coming home. And really, you know, that was the ball game there. Once, uh, once they, they got a lead and, and were able to add on to it, uh, the Guardians' uh, bullpen took care of things. Brian Shaw, Aniel uh, Del Santos, uh, they came in in support of uh, Connor Pilkington. Connor Pilkington got the start and went what into the into the sixth inning, uh, to, uh, five and two thirds, I believe. Uh, gave up four runs, gave up uh, four hits, walked four batters, and. Uh, Tito said that he really didn't have the life on his fastball that he had had in his previous start. Uh, that was that was a, a pretty decent start. So, uh, you know, with Aaron Savali getting the start out in uh, Indianapolis for uh, AAA Columbus uh, on on Thursday night, uh, probably won't be long before Savali is back in the rotation. Uh, you know, with with them pitching on the same night, uh, this could be you know, maybe one more start for Connor Pilkington before Savali is ready to go. Uh, I think that's probably going to be the case. Uh, Savali, uh, I believe, hit his 50-pitch mark, uh, pitched into the third inning, gave up a couple of runs, but uh, those were uh, base runners that were guys who were on base when he exited the game and they scored later on. A couple, three strikeouts, a couple of hits. Uh, but, you know, just to, to be able to get back out there and, and throw 50 pitches uh, probably felt pretty good for Aaron Savali. We'll, we'll, we'll definitely get a report uh, on the outing from Tito uh, prior to Friday's game. So that's something to look for. But uh, in, in terms of, you know, just this this gritty young Guardians team, this is the, the kind of win that, you know, Tito said, you know, nights like this, are uh you know what, what you kind of look forward to the, the the learning and the growth and the the building on this and and this is a momentum builder for sure uh because you know they were down and they could have packed it in but uh you know you get the home runs to to draw even early in the game uh you fight your way back and, and you chip away with uh Stephen Kwan RBI single 
and uh, an Oscar Gonzalez RBI single. And then all of a sudden, you you know, this is a team that in the eighth inning, uh, they're as good at, as any team at, at scoring uh, late in ball games. Uh, they're they're one of the best in the league, and uh, it's what their their fourth time uh, scoring four or more runs in the eighth inning or later this season. Uh, of course, we all remember what they did in Chicago uh, with the the Josh Naylor two home runs, the grand slam, and the three run home run uh, to win a game there. But uh, the last time they scored uh, four runs in the eighth inning or later was May thirtieth. Against Kansas City, they scored four runs in the eighth. Uh, and it's the sixth time that they sent nine or more hitters to the plate in a single inning this year. Uh, that was last done May 9th uh, at Chicago. So uh, just a, a lot of positives coming out of this. And didn't even mention uh, Andres Jimenez with the go-ahead RBI single in that eighth inning. Uh, it was his 10th go-ahead RBI of the season. Already, you think about that. Think about what uh, Andres Jimenez has done for this club already this year. I think, in terms of uh, uh, wins above replacement uh, on baseball reference, uh, I, I believe that he's second only to Jose Ramirez on this on this team in terms of uh, baseball reference war. So uh, he's tied for seventh uh, in the American League in terms of go ahead hits. Um, it's also his sixth career go-ahead RBI in the eighth inning or later and his fifth this season. The last time he did that was, again, on May 30th against Kansas City. So uh, just a lot of a lot of those little, little positives uh, coming out of this game. Uh, of course, you're doing it against an Oakland team that's 20 and 39. Uh, they've now lost nine consecutive games. Uh, they're 0-4 against the Guardians this season alone. Uh, and you know, just a, a rough time if you're you're an Oakland fan. But if you're a Cleveland fan, you're you're looking at this as you know these are games that are pretty much must wins. Uh, and right now, you've you've gotten through, you know, Pilkington uh, starting a game for you uh, on uh, on Thursday. You've, you you're set up the rest of the weekend with Tristan McKenzie, Zach Plesac, Cal Quantrill uh, coming at them. So uh, yeah, it should be. Uh, you know, this is uh, looking at the rest of the series. You got to take three out of four. You got to you got to take three out of four in this uh, if you want to, uh, you know, stay in contention and stay competitive. Uh, right now, the Guardians are at, uh, you know, three games behind uh, division leading Minnesota. Uh, I believe they're two and a half games out of a, or I'm sorry, a half game out of a, a wild card spot. Uh, right now with the expanded wildcard format. So uh, just a, a lot of things to look at in terms of, you know, if you would have told me a month ago that uh, this team would be in this position and had battled back from being uh, a couple of games under 500, uh, you know, it, it, there was no indication, there were no signs that this was the way it was going. But, uh, you know, here and there, you get a guy like an Oscar Gonzalez come up and and, and produce for you. The, the starting rotation starts to round into shape and and things start to look a little more positive. All right, we uh, we wanted to get into some uh, subtexters uh, submissions here and, and questions and and comments. And, you know, we love talking to our subtexters on uh, this podcast. And, and it's a 
a great service that, uh, you know, we, we get to interact with our, our readers and uh, those who subscribe. It's cleveland.com slash subtext. Or if uh, you want to send a text to 216-298-4346, it's $3.99 a month. Uh, we text directly to your phone. Uh, Hoinsey and myself will will give you all the inside information after every uh, Tito press conference, after every time we're in the clubhouse. Uh, when when we find something out, it goes to you first before we tweet it, before we, we post it on cleveland.com. Uh, you hear about it. So uh, again, uh, cleveland.com slash subtext. Uh, follow the links and, and join up so that uh, you can hear from myself and from Hoinsey first. We love hearing from the subtexters. And, uh, and I asked uh, uh, you guys uh, during the game, I said, hey, uh, we're going to do a mailbag here. Uh, what do you got for me? Um, the, uh, the first question is from Ian in Sandusky. Uh, Ian wants to know if uh, Framil Reyes ever gets rolling this season. What do you think his long-term future is uh, with Cleveland? And really, if you would ask me this question uh, in spring training when he was hitting, uh, tearing the cover off the ball, uh, I, I probably would have told you this is a guy who could be another face of the franchise just with his marketability, uh, his his personality, and, and how approachable he is. Uh, he is the definition of the gentle giant, the, the big teddy bear uh, in the clubhouse. And he's got all those intangibles. Uh, it's just that, uh, you know, right now, at least at this point, uh, he is is just not hitting the ball. He's This is a guy who should be giving you 30 home runs and 100 RBIs uh, every year if if he would be consistent. Uh, and we haven't seen that. We can, we've seen him get as hot as any hitter in the American League uh, when he's driving the ball to the right side of the field. But we've also seen him have epic slumps and – you know, I still think he's among the, the the league leaders in strikeouts, and he hasn't played in two weeks. Uh, this, it, this is going to be a long process to get him back to the Fran Mill that we've seen in the past, the guy who, you know, hit two moonshot home runs in, in Detroit that I still don't think have landed. Uh, uh, you know, he's, he's done a lot of, of things – at the plate that give you a lot of hope uh, if you're a, a Cleveland fan uh, since he arrived in that uh, that Trevor Bauer trade a few years ago but but really it, he he needs to take that next step and 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 be the consistent guy uh, not just the guy who can hit the ball 480 feet uh, Fran Mill was on the field uh, yesterday and uh, 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 Wednesday on Wednesday, he was driving the ball uh, out of the park, uh, batting practice pitches from Victor Rodriguez. Saw him hit one up into the bleachers that landed about three rows from the top. And, you know, looked like things were, were feeling good with the hamstring. He was healthy. Uh, continued to do some agility work and some footwork out there. Uh, and, and Tito says, maybe by the beginning of next week, uh, when when the Guardians go out on their a long nine-game road trip to Colorado and L.A. and Minnesota. Maybe we'll see Fran Mill head out uh, on a rehab assignment. Maybe he can join uh, Aaron Savali with Columbus and and get a few swings in there, play a few innings, 
maybe play some defense in the outfield as well to, to get his head straight. Uh, I would not be surprised if you saw Framil Reyes rejoin the Guardians possibly uh, when that road trip ends, uh, or maybe they're thinking a little bit longer, but it depends on how many days and games you get and, and you want to use in terms of your rehab. Uh, they, they might use every bit of Framil's rehab time to get him going and get him hot at the plate before they bring him up. That, that seems to be the direction that they want to go in. And, and to be quite honest, Oscar Gonzalez right now, uh, you can't move him out of the spot that he's in. He's, he's your right fielder as long as he's hitting the ball the way he is. And, and you're, you're able to have that flexibility and move around uh, Josh Naylor, Owen Miller, uh, Jose Ramirez as your DH. Uh, that was uh, another thing that uh, Tito said after the game on Thursday, that it was nice to be able to DH your regular third baseman and put uh, a guy like Ernie Clement in uh, and have him produce in the way that he did, uh, getting that critical bunt down, uh, playing some really good defense at third. You don't really lose anything uh, when you put Clement in at third base uh, as opposed to Ramirez. So, uh, you know, right now in terms of where's a spot for Fran Mill, uh, I don't know where you could find one. Uh, always nice to have him back if he's if he's hitting the way that he's supposed to be hitting, but uh, no guarantees that he'll be doing that uh, when he does come back. So, Ian, great question about uh, Fran Mill Reyes and where he fits and, and what the, uh, the future could hold uh, in that regard for Fran Mill. Uh, let's jump in and take one more question uh, or one more comment here from our, our sub subtext subscribers. Uh, this one is uh, from, from a subtexter in the 260 area code. Uh, and he just wanted to express how proud he is uh, for Jose Ramirez and the loyalty he has shown to the Cleveland Guardians. Uh, and and how thankful that the Golan, that he he is that the Dolans are able to negotiate with Ramirez. Uh, he says, when I first heard Jose state that he wanted to stay in Cleveland for his entire career, I wondered if any players had helped strengthen his resolve. Carlos Santana, who loved playing in Cleveland, uh, but had a bad experience playing in Philadelphia, and uh, Francisco Lindor, who who had some rough times in New York. Do you think? Uh, either of these players could have contributed to Ramirez's decision uh, to stay in Cleveland. And I, I honestly, I do. I, I do think that, you know, both of those guys, he looked at their experiences away from this franchise that really sort of nurtured them uh, up into the big leagues. And, and, you know, if you look around and you think you've got it pretty good as Jose did, uh, there's, there's no reason to, to make a change if, if you want to, uh, stay put. And, and that's exactly what he did. Uh, to his credit, he, he got exactly what he wanted, uh, a commitment from the team, uh, you know, the a, a bit of a bigger payday. And, you know, he, he didn't need to be walking around with Mike Trout money or, or any of that kind of stuff. He just, he wanted to be happy and taken care of. And, and that's what he is. Uh, and, and now you're seeing the results of that. You're seeing the results of his his comfort and his ability to just relax and and sit back and 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 produce and play baseball and have fun. Uh, I think nobody's enjoying it more than Terry Francona. Uh, nobody's enjoying it more than and Jose Ramirez. I think it's the the perfect marriage. And 
uh, we, we get to see him play baseball for another seven years. As long as he, he maintains what he's able to do right now, uh, it should be a, a lot of fun. All right, that's going to wrap it up for uh, this week's uh, Friday edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'll be back with you with another edition on Monday. Uh, after a long weekend, we will uh, talk to you then.